Well, hello, everyone. I'm Jeff Roster, analyst at Third Eye Advisory and co-host of This Week in Inpatient. I'm here at Grocery Shop, and I had a chance to catch up with Leslie Vesper, VP of Brand Marketing, Frito-Lay North America. Leslie? Hi, how are you? Good to be Fantastic. here. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Hey, a couple of questions for you. The grocery CPG marketplace has changed a lot in the last few years. Can you talk about some of the trends that you're seeing um, in the space right now and maybe even what you're seeing at the show today? Yeah, I'd love to start with some trends and then I'll talk a bit about what we did today because I think it's, it's, it was a really good conversation and how we're thinking through the macroeconomic situation that's happening now and how we can overcome that. So the first trend I would talk about is just grocery. And then because of what grocery is doing, how retail or how brands have to pivot, grocery trying to be a part and retail trying to be a bigger part of consumers' share of stomach and wallet. <laughs> and the example I would give for that is some really interesting stuff that like Kroger is doing. I know Walmart is getting into the, the game as well around ghost kitchens, right? So bringing ghost kitchens actually into their stores. And so when consumers are shopping, you know, maybe they don't feel like cooking that night. So they can go and pick up a meal and it keeps them in the store. It keeps them in their, you know, dollars and cents versus having to go home and order Uber, DoorDash, whatever they want to do. So that's a really big trend. And even locally where I live in, in Texas, there's an, an incredible retailer called HEB who have put barbecue restaurants in their grocery stores. Oh, fantastic. And I'm not talking, I'm talking like so high-end. Barbecue snob approved. Uh, barbecue. How long is the wait? Because I want to go to Franklin's Barbecue, but I'm not sitting in line two much hours. Shorter, much there shorter wait. Awesome. So, you know, that is, and again, it's all about getting more of that share of wallet and share of stomach from consumers. The other one that I would say we're seeing everywhere is expanding omni-channel presence. So retailers, obviously, you know, and this started, I think, even before COVID, but it was accelerated by COVID, Right. Retailer, they have their normal brick and mortar store, but now they have to do e-com. Now they have to do delivery. Maybe now they need a value, a secondary brick and mortar that they need to have that's a smaller footprint. And so as they expand and get into more places and spaces, the CPG world and, and brands have to then deliver more propositions, more products to fit and tailor to those different channels. So um, it's interesting. puts a lot of pressure on us to have different innovations and different products available. But that's another one that I'm seeing a, a ton of. Fantastic. Your panel go today? The panel was great. We were opened up by Bill All from McKinsey, and he really hit on the importance of innovation. Like I said, even during, you know, an inflationary period, you know, consumers and, and the, I think they did a study with consumers, and they said consumers will pick a brand for three reasons. The first of which is, do they have healthier options available for them? The second one is purpose. Do brands uh, or a retailer, are they offering a purpose that consumers can support and get behind? And the third one was innovation. And so we talked a lot about how you need to continue to accelerate innovation and be an innovative company during a time of, you know, again, consumers are concerned about uh the, the value of things and how much they're spending on things like grocery, but they are not going to turn away from innovation. So we, we delve deep into how you continue to be innovative, how uh, it's so important for consumers today. So it was a really good session. Well, you know, what's interesting about that point is um, I've covered the retail industry, not so much CPG, but the retail and CPG is part of it forever. And I've never heard the word innovation used more in the last 
in the last year than I have in the first 30, you know, it's just amazing the energy um, and the need in COVID. Uh, you know, no one wanted COVID, but I think that clearly was an accelerant for all things um, innovation. Yeah. Uh, definitely in retail and, sure. and CPG too. For sure. And we talked about, I, what I loved about our conversations, we talked not just about product innovation, which I think is what the first thing people think about when they hear innovation. And certainly CPGs are continuing to accelerate how much product innovation that they do, but also I would say brand and marketing innovation. And, you know, how do you, and I'll give you an example of, of something I shared. How do you refresh a brand that maybe has been around for a long time? that consumers don't have top of mind to bring it top of mind again. So the brand example I used was Cracker Jack. Cracker Jack is a, a bit youth. of Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of an older brand. It's been around for, I think, over 125 years. And it's very connected with baseball, obviously. Uh, this Earlier this year, we took a twist on Cracker Jack. We actually launched Cracker Jill. And so the whole notion was we need to give women and girls a stronger voice in sports and really celebrate the, the ability of women and girls that they've made on sports, the impact they've made on sports, and the ability to break through barriers. And so we launched five new packages featuring uh, different women and girls on the packages. So no product innovation was needed. So we launched five new product uh, packages. And then we did a donation with Women in Sports Foundation, again, to give back and help support women and girls in sports. But the point of all of this is you can do something very innovative and get your brand top of mind without having to spend millions of dollars on R&D and all of the work and effort that that requires. And it was super successful. We got over 8 billion impressions and we uh, hope to come back and do it again next year. You know, what I love about what you just said, because it's as an analyst that's studied technology and how technology is deployed, a lot of mistake or a lot of people think it's expensive. Yeah. We always have the Amazon. Well, Amazon has 13, 14 billion dollars in R&D, right. Walmart. Right. Innovation is a mindset. It is. And it's a passion. And most probably most importantly, you have if you're going to be an innovator, you have to be willing to make a mistake or take a risk. Yes. And you have to, at least I hope, I'm, I'm a cheerleader for this, but I, hopefully you have, you, senior leadership says, if we made a mistake because we're being innovative, that's a good thing. Yeah. And let's not fire people for, for trying something new. That's right. exciting. It's an exciting time, I think, to, to be in this industry. Yes. Hey, talking about yourself, what has your journey looked like at Frito-Lay? So I've been very blessed. First of all, I've, I've been in CPG for 20 years, so I've had a, a great career. I started at General Mills. I spent some time at Keurig Dr. Pepper. And now I've been at Frito-Lay for about nine years. And I've had eight roles. So I've moved around a ton. But I, I like to tell folks it's so important to get a lot of different experiences under your belt. Because when you get to the point of being a vice president or more, you're going to feel lucky that you had those experiences and those unique opportunities. So eight different roles. I've worked across kind of traditional retail. I've gotten to work in away from home, which is a really unique and fun uh, space. Ton of innovation uh, during my time at Frito-Lay. I also had the privilege of working on the Doritos brand for two years. Got to work on a couple of Super Bowl campaigns. Wow. So that was very fun. I mean, those are amazing. Very shirts. fun. Yes. And then uh, as of late, I am now leading up some of our uh, brands that are all about driving share uh, within their categories. So think of Tostitos or Dips Business, Smart Food Popcorn. So some really fun brands that I get to be part of. Fantastic. 
You know, I do um, a lot of work with some of the colleges and, and kids always ask me, you know, what are, what, what do I need to do to be successful? I'm curious, what skills do you use today? Do you wish you would have paid more attention to back in college? Wow. That's a great question. So I have a bit of a unique background for a marketer. I actually, I, I call it the dark side. I came from finance and accounting. Whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, I know. Literally, you're the only person ever that's fine. I know. And by the I way, I have, an, I have an accounting degree too. So. I love it. I love it. So and that's why I'm studying technology. Yeah. So I, I started actually my career at P&G uh, on the accounting side, and it inspired me to pivot to marketing because of the incredible work that they did at the time. This was the late 90s, and they were doing you know all this incredible brand stretch and breakthrough innovation. Think about things like Swiffer, Crest White Strips, just some really cool stuff that I think today as consumers we take for granted because they've been around for so long. Well, I've used that Swiffer a lot with my dogs when they have little accidents. Totally. That is the best it's product the best. ever because it's immediate and solves the problem immediately. It's the best. But so the point of this is I'm really blessed and grateful that I have that finance and accounting background as a marketer. Because I think sometimes, uh, especially if you talk to, you know, maybe kids that are in college, they think, oh, marketing's like the fluffy stuff. Marketing is the creative stuff. And I think that's super critical. But I think people that have kind of both sides of their brain firing and can do the analytics as well as the creative side are the ones that are really successful as marketers. Wow, fantastic. How do you see Frito-Lay growing over the next few years? What's your strategy? And all of your secrets, you can tell us. I'm going to tell you all the secrets. No, not really. But, you know. <laughs> <You're> shocked. <laughs> I, you know, I would say the rule that I just came out of, I had the privilege of running our innovation team for the last two years. And I actually got to stand up the organization. So that was an incredible opportunity. And the whole point of sort of restructuring innovation and doing things differently was to deliver more growth. So our goal was how do we drive double the growth from innovation over the sort of the next, call it five to seven years. And I think the first thing is being as consumer centric as possible mm -hmm. and making sure that everything we do is rooted in what consumers want. So if you, if you start there, we did some really incredible analysis kind of in the middle of, of COVID, talking to consumers and understanding how they consume products, but not just our products all products across all eating occasions. And what we found was there are so many different eating occasions throughout the day that we're not a part of. So we've been on this journey of how we take our brands and extend and expand them beyond kind of traditional salty snacks. So can we stretch our brands into more meal occasions? Can we stretch our brands into day parts they're not in today? And I think that's where we're gonna deliver a lot of growth. We're going to address consumer needs but it's also going to be highly incremental to ourselves and our organization, which is also a good thing for the, the finance side of me. And I'll give you an example. We recently launched a product called Tostitos Toppers. And, you know, I work on Tostitos, great brand. We've been around for, you know, decades. We have an incredible tortilla chip product. We have salsas. But it's a brand that consumers use when they're making their taco night or when they're making, you know, different products on the side. How do we move the brand into more center of plate? So we launched a line of toppers that consumers can use to put on top of their tacos, their enchiladas, their nachos. And it's just pulling the brand into more of the center of plate meal occasions. It literally just hit grocery store shelves this month. So we're super excited about it. It's delicious. Go out and try it. 
I would highly recommend the, the hot version. Uh, very good with the steak taco. So there's my hot tip for the day. Fantastic. Well, Leslie, thank you for joining us. I appreciate all your insights. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate uh, you having me here and look forward to the rest of the show. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show us some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time. Thank you.